it's me, Brianna. You are listening to Are We Caught Up Yet? Uh, today, we will be chatting about Spider-Man Far From Home. Um, but before we get to that, I uh, just want to let you know you can find us on YouTube.com slash Save the Game Media and podcast services if you want to show us some extra love and get early access to all of our content. Um, you can find us on Patreon.com slash Save the Game Media. Um, $1 and you can be a patron. Um, or you can try it out free for seven days if you wanted to. Um, we just had somebody recently do that, and then they immediately joined afterwards. So, must have been pretty good. <laughs> uh, today, I'm joined by my co-host and friend, Sam. How are you? Greetings. I am... Um... Is it boring at this point if I just say I'm busy all the time? Because I am. Well, I think you're kind of, like, really busy. I accidentally yeah. manifested something cool, but like very busy for you. So yeah, I'm I'm busier than usual, which I didn't think was honestly possible. Um, so I'm I'm running on fumes a little bit. Um, but... Especially because you were up late last night with our friend podcast. Xbox. Indeed. Indeed, having a little yeah. chat about uh, the death of Xbox. Yep. Um, Rest in peace. Fun, fun rubbing salt in that wound for a little bit. Um, no, we had we had a good discussion. That was that was a joke. I I, uh, I, st I stayed level headed and pragmatic as we all should be in those conversations. Um, yeah, a bit unprecedented. Anyway, yeah, no, I'm I'm very busy. Um, quite tired as a result. But uh, just just playing playing a whole lot of video games, you know, um, and and doing a whole lot of writing. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm okay. How about you? Um, I'm doing pretty good. I've been also really busy at work. One of my coworkers left, um, and she was the data analyst, and she like a lot of her like it was very sudden that she left, and so. A lot of her uh, stuff is kind of falling onto me, hmm. um, which is fine. Like, it's not anything that I can't handle, but it does mean that there's, like, a lot of work going on. And a lot of the times the work that she's doing is, like, almost like emergency work. Like, something's not working and needs to be fixed right now. And that happens a lot. So they'll be like, hey, Brianna, this isn't working. Can you fix this? And it's like, I have to drop everything and do that. Um, so, busy. But... Doing good. I'm going to a friend's wedding this weekend, so I'm excited. I got like a new dress. I got new shoes. Um, I got my nails done. So, mm -hmm. having fun time. So, cool. Yeah. Cool. Uh, have you been watching anything? Nope. Nope. I, I could typically have some kind of excuse, but I legitimately just do not have the time currently. Um, I, I cannot really afford it uh, as much as I'd love to be watching some stuff um, you know I'm still trying to get through the second season of the bear um, I haven't finished invincible yet um, there's there's lots of stuff on the back burner but it is having to wait at the moment unfortunately um, so yeah pretty boring answer yet again you would have guessed. That's okay. Uh, 
I did want to follow up on an uh, earlier topic. Did you ever decide? I know you don't have time right now, but did you ever decide if you were going to watch Percy Jackson? I'm just curious. Um, I mean, it's been renewed for a second season, right? Yes, it has. I think, yeah. Um, I will have to look into it a bit more. I've heard good things, and obviously it, it's done well enough to get a second season. I I am going to need to research it and actually probably read the the reviews now that the first season is is fully done um will i more than likely yes but i'm by no means excited or jumping at the bit to watch it so it, it will probably be a thing where um as the build-up to a season two coming out happens that's probably when i'll watch it okay Okay. Yeah. Interesting. I figured as much, but just was curious. Um, okay. Well, um, what am I doing? I don't. I've been watching The Office. <laughs> mm hmm. Uh, while I work, though. So that, like, kind of doesn't count. Okay. Um, I've been watching Andy Cortez play Dark Souls 3, um, which I've been kind of going slow at because, like, him playing Dark Souls is, like, my favorite content that exists on the internet. Mm -hmm. um, his playthrough of the first Dark Souls is what I watch to go to sleep, usually. Um, my camera's not focusing, and I just need to do whatever it's doing, guys. Sorry. Anyways, um... So yeah, so I've been watching that. Um, I would say also watch the movie for today. Um, the thing that I am uh, mostly doing is playing Death Stranding. My first time talking about it on content, and I won't be able to talk about it again until like a week and a couple days from now. So I wanted to mention it. One could argue oh, yeah. kind of a movie. Up in parts for sure, yeah. So yeah, I've been doing that. Um, I am very tired because of said game. Because I kept doing that. I'm just gonna I just have like one more thing I have to do. I, I have my bike, it'll be so fast. I just have just one more thing. I'm gonna I'm just gonna pick it up. It's not a big deal. I did that for like an hour last time. Mm -hmm. And I looked up and it was past it. And I was like, oh, I have to wake up early. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I'm glad that my online for a while my online feature wasn't working and I don't know why I didn't do anything to fix it um, but it's working now and so now like roads will just like randomly pop up I'm helping build the roads too but of course. there's a ton of resources that go into building the roads and so I was like kind of bummed that the online stuff wasn't working and now it is. And so there was like three roads that just randomly popped up and I was like, phew. Mm -hmm. So also awesome. was able to find cool stuff because it's like people will leave like little tags. It's like, come here. I'm yeah. like, hmm, that's out in the middle of nowhere. They're either messing with me. I'm used to people messing with you. Dark Souls people are like, <laughs> they'll be like liar ahead or like, you know, fake wall. They're a mess. They're a mess. They're always pranking people. So yeah. I'm used to that, but it was like a legit, there was a, a memory stick thing. So I was like, oh, mm -hmm. that's cool. 
Yeah. Mm. Having a great time. Good. Um, okay. Well, let's talk about today's movie, which is Spider-Man Far From Home. They all yes. have the word home in, in it, so I have to like... They do. I have to do math to be like, compute which one is it, but it's Far From Home. Um, okay. Um, first impressions, general impressions for the movie. Um, I literally cannot... My list is getting longer, by the way, for like, like, what are we watching next? Mm -hmm. I will, I will say I'm, I'm going to do my best, you guys, to convince Sam that we should do just like a little mini series of like all three spider verses. I don't think I'll have to fight that much, but if it, if I have to throw down, I will. <laughs> so we'll do a little mini series and then something else. But <laughs> I have a bunch of ideas. I'm really excited. Um, we're, I think I was, I don't have the exact math because I don't have like the full list of everything that we like need to watch. Um, but I think we're almost halfway. I think we only have like a couple more things and then we'll be halfway-ish. Hmm. That's at least according to my brain calculations. How you feel? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it realistically isn't, halfway because in terms of films we're further than that but it's because that this back end is now front loaded with shows and stuff as well which we haven't had before mm -hmm. and we also have so, a couple extra movies i believe that we're watching that aren't like in the mcu like list yes so yes so um yeah no we're we're we're, we're getting there okay yay all right. Um, sorry, I got distracted on first impressions. Um, I really had a good time with this film. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I, I really did have a good time. I am like at this point, like I think almost like biased, like Spider-Man is my bias, <laughs> not mm -hmm. to use K-pop terms, but uh, yeah, I, I do love Spider-Man a lot. And um, I thought this was another really fun film. I thought it had, um, it was aware it was aware enough of like the the um, events that happened before this film that it felt like like it was still like a fun, good Spider-Man film, but also was aware of those events and kind of how that would affect Peter Parker and Spider-Man. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So those are my general thoughts. What do you what are your general thoughts? Um yeah, it, 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 it's good. Um, I've cooled off on it since it came out, um, which is bizarre because pre-release I was probably close to being the most excited I'd ever been for a, a Marvel film. Um, and I, I, st I still think that the film delivers on, on pretty much everything that it, it tries to do. I think there's some really cool stuff in there. Um, that being said, I think... It's really hard, because if, if you look at any individual element of this film or plot thread or whatever, I will be positive on it. But for some reason, my vibe on it is lower than homecoming 
um, which is is bizarre um, for for a number of reasons, which we'll probably get into. I, but yeah, surface level, I, I still think it's a really good film. I think it's plenty of fun. I like again, as you said, the the contextual awareness of of where this film is placed and when it's set and stuff. Um, feels very interconnected to what's going on around it, which is always the the fun stuff with these films. But yeah, not super super high on it. Okay, okay. Um, I where do I want to start with this? Um. I just want to get it out of the way. I don't think this film passed the Bechdel test. Mm-hmm. So that's a bummer. Um, we'll just like keep going. Ignore that. Look somewhere else. Um, I didn't. Okay. We usually talk about soundtrack towards the beginning. Um, unless it's like there's something really intense going on and I want to have a longer discussion about the soundtrack, then I'll wait. Um, sometimes. For the soundtrack for this film, I don't think I really even noticed any of the music. Like, I can't think of... There's only one moment, and I'll get to it in a second. But, like, for the actual, like, OST, I don't think I really, like, noticed anything or anything stood out to me. So, like, I don't think it was, like, a bad soundtrack, but it was probably still generic because, like, my brain didn't pick it up at all. Uh, so. Yeah. I mean, outside of the MCU Spider-Man theme, which, again... If you don't know it, you don't know it. Um, I do, because of course I do. But outside of, of that, I would ag- I would agree that there is essentially nothing here. It's not that anything is objectively bad. It's just it, it never stands out. It's always just in the background happening, which is an indictment in some way. In other ways, it's like. There's... At least it's not so terrible that it stands out. Indeed, indeed, it's a, it's a, it's a seesaw. It can go one way or the other. So at least it's perfectly serviceable. Um, okay. For yeah. The one moment is the only moment I usually, well, not usually. Sometimes while I watch these films, I'll send Sam messages. If mm-hmm. there's something that's like especially like bugs me, shocks me, whatever. Sometimes I'll just stand random. Right random messages while I'm watching the film. Um, This time I did send one message and it was for a music moment. The when happy was like, Oh, I know just the song. And I wasn't even, I was like, Oh, they're probably going to do licensed music here. Right. Um, Sorry guys. My camera is still just like not in it today. Same, same camera. Anyways. um, Then happy is like, okay, I know just the song for you. Right. And back in black comes on and when I tell you I didn't know I could cry, <laughs> who would cry at Back in Black? But I started crying like a little baby. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> so in the middle of like Back in Black ping, I was just like, I just started crying because like the way that he was doing everything, obviously, he looks like very much like Tony Stark. And it's like almost like his kid or whatever, his his heir. Mm-hmm or whatever and like that's the that's the song that plays in iron man the first one i believe and mm-hmm. yeah made me really 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 emotional but did, did did you did you through the tears get peter's joke 
or the the joke that happens. No, I was just crying. You were just crying. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, Happy puts puts Black and Black on, and then mm -hmm. Peter goes, "Oh, I love Led Zeppelin." You know. Yeah, I don't know who sings that song, so that would go over it, it's, my head. It's ACDC that, that yeah. does Black and Black. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know either band, um, so <laughs> explains why I didn't. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> All of a sudden, it makes sense why I didn't understand the joke. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 <laughs> anyways, I was crying. So I was busy, anyways. I was. So, yeah, I did have to call out that moment because, like, really, I, I really did get so emotional because it was just so powerful to, like, see him kind of using Tony's systems to see Happy watching over him for Tony. Um, yeah, it was it was a lot, you guys. Um, <laughs> okay, one thing I don't normally ask this, but for this one, because I had a, like, shocked Pikachu face moment at the very beginning of the film... What was the marketing like on this film? Like leading um, into the release. Pretty, um, I'm not sure exactly what capacity you're asking, but pretty tight-lipped. Um, they weren't really saying much of anything. Was because... Jake Gyllenhaal in the previews? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, like we the, the, in all the trailers, like he was very clearly Mysterio. Um, but they, they weren't hiding that fact. It was then for people that were in the know. It was then, well, what is this take on Mysterio going to be? Because in the trailers, they show him fighting the Hydro Man dude and using like Doctor Strange spell stuff, and we're like, well. Does he actually have powers? And then in one of the trailers, I remember them showing the scene where he says that he's from a different earth. And it's like, oh, that's interesting. So they're introducing multiverse stuff. So is this Mysterio that is actually superpowered, but maybe we might meet another Mysterio in the film that is also Jake Gyllenhaal, but is what you would typically expect of Mysterio, which is a, a con man and a special effects artist. Um, but yeah, like the, the the twist that anybody in the know would see coming a mile off, they didn't allude to any of that. Um, the, the marketing was very much um, Spider-Man and Mysterio team up to take down the elementals and will peter decide to step into tony's shoes or not that was hmm. sort of what they hinged the marketing on okay um, interesting yeah i was wondering what they did with like the marketing with mysterio since he was like like the film starts with him being like a good guy yeah i mean what like like they showed for example the giant elemental thing that is um on the bridge you know towards the end of the film mm-hmm but without the context and them very clearly suggesting that all of the different elemental things were going to be the main bad guys of the film. It was just, you know, we, we took it at face value, so to speak, still with the doubts because we're like, well, Mysterio is in the film. Mm -hmm. So that inherently throws a wrench in any of these potential storylines. But um, 
yeah, no, they understandably played it close to the chest, not only in that regard, but also because it was immediately following Endgame. Um, so I remember there was one trailer, I can't remember whether it was like the final trailer or something. Um, actually, no, it might, it might have been the first trailer. There was actually a segment at the beginning of the trailer of Tom Holland, not in character, just Tom Holland, speaking to the camera, saying, you're about to watch the Far From Home trailer. If you haven't seen Avengers Endgame, don't watch this trailer. Um, because like, the, the first shot of the trailer was Peter looking up at the massive Iron Man mural, you know, saying, I miss him. Um, so... Yeah, it was a very unique marketing campaign, I think, for for various reasons, which which puts it in a spot that you don't really find many other films, both in terms of like the narrative content within, but also its contextual placement outside of the film itself is yeah, very interesting. Yeah, makes sense. Okay. Well, thanks for answering my question. Sure. Um I was just curious. Um okay. Well, um, let's go, let's go chronologically for this film. I think that that's good. Um, so we start the film with, um, Nick Fury and Maria Hill, also known as Robin Chabotsky. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, investigating a storm and then they encounter the earth elemental, uh, Quentin Beck, which is Mysterio, as we come to find out later, uh, arrives and defeats the creature. Uh, he gets recruited by Fury and Hill. Um, then in New York City, uh, we have the Midtown School of Science and Technology. Um, they're just finishing their year to go into the summer. Um, it's basically a bunch of students who got uh, disintegrated with the snap. Um I okay that one moment where they have like where like a bunch of random band kids show up and then they like run into each other that was funny. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there were a lot of not funny moments, but that money that moment was funny. <laughs> I mean, and also like talking about there only being one music moment, you gotta admit that I will always love you playing over a very badly edited PowerPoint presentation for the school news. Yeah. With just random pictures of Tony and Natasha and then a still image and of Captain, candles. Oh yeah, of course, and, and Cap <laughs> with a, a stock photo of candles with um the the watermark on it and stuff. Like that's that was pretty great as well, I gotta say. Because it like that's that's completely believable. Um because I don't know like how prevalent school news channels are um, in the States, but they certainly aren't here. Um, that being said, that well, I don't know why I'm going on this tangent, but the secondary school that I went to had a revamp um, halfway through my tenure. Um, and at that revamp, we kind of instituted a school news thing briefly and i was i was actually one of the presenters so i was like obviously this 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 film didn't come out whilst i was still in secondary school but it hit a, a, a particular nerve with me that 
I was just like, this is, it's so authentic to what high school would be, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. We had, we had something, we didn't, uh, we didn't do videos like that. We just had, um, we had like the school newspaper. Mm. Um, and then we had kids that did like announcements right. in the morning. Um, that's about it. But yeah, yeah. it does feel very like very high school um but yeah i did love that video i thought it was funny um even though like it, it's very sad that those people are gone but it's mm -hmm. still it was still a funny moment um okay let's see so the school organizes a summer field trip to europe which is crazy you guys i have my high school did not do that. The craziest thing we had was some kids went to Washington, D.C. And you had to pay so much money if you went. Like, mm. so much money. So, that's crazy, um, in my opinion. Although, I guess they are in New York and Europe is, like, right there in comparison. But still, crazy to me. Um, so, Peter Parker, of course, is going on this trip. He's still mourning the death of his mentor. And, like, everything is Tony Stark. Like, everything is Iron Man has passed away. That must be, like, really hard to, like, know somebody, love somebody, and have that be, like, everywhere. Like, murals. Like, it's on the news all the time. Like, people talk about it all the time, but they don't even really know him. And you can't even, like, talk about it with anybody, really, because, like, nobody knows that you knew him, that you were close to like. That would be like a lot to handle mm -hmm. for anybody. So I, I I do really feel for him. Um, but he does plan. Uh, he has plans to reveal um, that he is in love with MJ. Mm -hmm. I liked his plan. So like, forget his friend. Like, his friend was like, "No, we're gonna be single." <laughs> Immediately gets in a relationship. Anyways, we'll talk about this. <laughs> But, like, he had a good plan. He, like, really thought it through. He, like, thought about, like, I really want to get her this thing. And, like, I'm going to get her, like, the Black Dahlia necklace because she's into weird stuff. And that's, like, the, the name of the murderer, dude. Mm -hmm. And um, then I will let her know how I feel, like, a special location and, like, all this stuff. And I'm, like, he's really thinking about it. And I think that, like, even if she, like, wasn't, like, attracted to him, which we obviously know, he, like, she is. But, like, even if she wasn't, like, I think that anybody would be, like, you really, I don't know, you really thought about me. Like, you know? Mm -hmm. know. Yeah. <sighs> what can I say? I like, I like romance. I like romantic things. So this really was, like, <gasps> oh, my God. Um, okay, so then um, Peter Parker and his classmates travel to Venice, Italy. Um, on the plane ride, we have some really funny moments. I really like the teachers. Like, yeah. I know they're kind of throwaway characters, but they were really funny. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Really, really funny. Um, while I'm thinking about it, I know it's like way ahead in the film, but the one teacher that's like, he's like, dude, you gotta stop taking pictures of people in the bathroom. I'm just being nice here. I'm just helping you out. Like, I was so lucky. <laughs> the way he like approached it, and he's like, "Listen, I just 
I was laughing really hard at that moment. The teachers mm-hmm. were really funny. I really enjoyed the teachers. Um, on the plane ride, we also get this like su- like super funny like kerfuffle where it's like he's like, "Hey, I really want to sit next to MJ." So Ned's like, "I'll help you out," and then like he ends up sitting like behind her. She ends up sitting by the other dude that's like his competition, quote unquote. Um, not that girls are objects to be won as prizes, but anyways, um, and then he like ends up next to the teacher. The teacher falls asleep on him. Or I guess he's in between the two teachers. The teacher falls asleep on him. Like, it's really funny. And I do feel bad for him. Yeah. It's probably my single favorite line of the film where the teacher just sort of completely stone face, um, says that his wife pretended that she got dusted. So that she could leave him. <laughs> just held a funeral and everything. It's just, it's like, it's contextually fleshing out the world and making it feel real. Cause, like, if we're being honest, if something like that were to happen, you could easily see that being something that some people might do as a, a get out of jail free card kind of thing, you know? Um, pretend that they disappeared um but as a as a joke i think it lands so well i i I think i like both teachers but that him in particular is just he's such a klutz he's just he's stumbling around knocking things over like he drops his camera in the water in venice Dude, the way that he dropped it, where he, like, almost dropped it, almost dropped it again, and then he was just, like, holding it. And then he just, like, dropped it. Slipped out of his hand. He's he's slapstick incarnate, and I think that that is... It works incredibly well. Yeah, I would agree. I think that he's... I I think they're both very, very funny. Um, Mm -hmm. He also has, like, the, the... Like, his whole thing where he's like, I take this very seriously. Thank you for bringing this to my attention. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. And the other teacher like like literally is like passed out. That's funny. Mm-hmm. That's funny. Uh I will say I do have some experience with with that because in marching band we had like the they actually for a long time marching band we only had one teacher with us, but um once the teacher switched, he had another teacher like come with him and they were just like that. Like they were exactly like that. It's like almost like a comedy bit. Uh, comedy duo so good times um okay so we make it to venice italy where there's a water elemental attack um i know like in hindsight we know that the water elemental is not real but just bear with me for a second why why is peter like throwing his webs at like water (laughs) because he's he's not thinking trying but like like okay realistically if mysterio wasn't there like and it was real he wouldn't have been able to do anything right because it's not like webs can stop water like i mean i'm sure that he would have been able to figure something out like let's collapse a building on him and it'll squish him somehow and that'll somehow work out because i'm a hero but like really like it's water Mm -hmm. i don't know I thought he yeah. was being a little silly. That's a try. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so 
Peter Parker is working on protecting his classmates and a bunch of random people. Uh, Beck arrives and defeats the creature. There's a lot of stuff that kind of happens in there. Um, buildings collapsing, him saving it with his webs. Repeat a couple times. Knock himself out with a church bell. Mm-hmm. That was funny. Twice. Yeah. Yeah. I knew it was going to happen again. Is The of moment course. it happened the first time, I was like, oh, no, he's still not in a good spot. Yeah. Uh, I did feel kind of bad because that, that church bell is probably really heavy. Mm-hmm. Like, come on. Anyways, I'm surprised he was able to wake back up. Um, I will say I did call. I mean, it was a kind of obvious that the mask was going to be there, but I was talking, as I always say, guys, I'm talking to Luna. I know she's asleep most of the time while I'm watching these movies, but I'm still talking to her while I watch them. So I was like, I was like, there has to, I was like, come on, there has to be a mask like in that little stand. Like, where's the mask? <laughs> yeah. And then he sees the mask and puts it on. And I was like, okay, there we go. Mm-hmm. He's way too uh, easy slash frugal. Like, not frugal is not the right word. He's way too quick to take his mask off, by the way. Which I think we see at the end of the credits. Like, the consequences of said action. But, like, still. Like, he, like, wears that, like, fake mask for, like, 30 seconds and then immediately takes it off. And then doesn't put yeah. it back on. And I'm like... Yeah. Even at the very beginning of the film when he's at that charity event, he, like, walks out without his mask on. And then at the very last second, it comes on. And I'm like, you're playing with fire. Yeah. Going to get burned. Mm-hmm. Consequences. Anyway. Yeah. Um. So we have that whole fight. They win, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Um, Fury meets with Parker. Before, before, before we move on, though, I, I'm yes, going to say go here, the design of Mysterio is so good it is so 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 good like bar none my favorite costume in the entire mcu um to this day i don't know if i I, agree with that one i think everything about it is just perfect and like preface it mysterio is bar none my favorite spider-man villain Mm. so hence why i was so excited pre-release for this film because okay. i just we were thinking you know we knew another spider-man film was coming for years before any title was announced or casting or whatever and i was thinking sort of like well it's coming after endgame so like what what, what are they going to do and then the first trailer came out and i like even reflecting on it now, having seen the film so many times and knowing all the plot beat for beat, it's still a bit bizarre for me to process that there has been a full theatrical blockbuster Spider-Man film where Mysterio is the main villain. Because, um, like, n- no other Spider-Man film thus far had had, had Mysterio in it. Um granted technically we haven't had a vulture yet before either um but to see mysterio realized in such a way um in in live action i just didn't really think they were going to go there because he is a pretty out there villain Mm -hmm. um obviously they kind of very cleverly tweaked 
exactly how his shtick works here. Um, but still, I, I thought it was a, a very bold move. Um, and yeah, like I, I'm so in love with it. If if I could have a full scale costume of that of any MCU suit, it would one thousand percent be Mysterio. You're like you, you're telling me you're looking at that cape, you're looking at the fishbowl with the swirling stuff, you're looking at the gauntlets and all of the intricate golden design, and you're looking at the green chest plate and stuff. Like, come on, it's just chef's kiss. <laughs> I did enjoy his design. And I will say, I, I much, much... So I've only experienced Mysterio twice. One mm -hmm. in the video games and one mm -hmm. in um, this film. Mm -hmm. I will say I much, 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 much prefer this version of him to the video games. In fact, I would say I dislike the video game version of him. Because oh, I didn't like those trials. And, yeah. So. Uh, I mean, but that's, that's not the character, though, is it? It kind it's, of is, because he made I him. Mean, but did he, though? Did yes, because he's annoying. Too, yeah. Well, no, but he didn't, though, did he? Because well, the whole reveal at the used. end of that thing. And he was, but, it was actually the two people doing all the stuff behind him and just mm -hmm. using him as a front, you know, using the mm -hmm. illusion of him as a front. That's Still the twist. Like Spoilers for Spider Man 2. On a very small side piece of the yeah. story. Yeah. Still don't like it. Regardless, I did really like this version of him. And mm -hmm. I also really liked the casting. I think that Jake Gyllenhaal is like really incredibly charismatic in this role. Yeah. Um, and he does like a really great job playing the like, oh, you must be having such a hard time. Like, let me be this like help to you like i don't know he just like he, the way that he like embodies this role yeah he bodies it mm -hmm. uh, I, I don't know why i'm asking this but mm -hmm. um oh no <laughs> have you have you seen the film nightcrawler no <laughs> no didn't think so um <laughs> how did i know something like that was coming <laughs> yeah um it, it's Hall in, in the starring role um and it's essentially about um a a, a freelance photojournalist mm -hmm. um and i mean uh, slight spoilers i guess for a decade old film um but he is a photojournalist who is like trying to catch stuff that's happening in the city that he lives and various things play out and it ends up where he actually begins actively committing crimes and causing accidents and stuff so that he can be the first one on the scene mm. and get the exclusive footage and stuff. And the, the way that the film spins it is that he's a very um, personable guy to begin with, you know, being very approachable and trying to help out and be a yes man. And then he, he sort of, there's this other side of him that's doing really dark twisted sort of really quite uh, psychotic stuff so i saw that film when it came out and then to see when it was announced that he was cast and that he was going to be playing mysterio i was like that is just perfect mm -hmm. you know because he he can do the very likable attractive 
friendly, I'd trust him with my life kind of guy. But also he can really do the psychotic stuff. Um, so, yeah, I agree. Perfect casting, really. Mm-hmm. He's, he looks like a cool guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I enjoyed it. Um, but, yeah, no, I've not, not seen that film. I obviously know Jake Gyllenhaal, but mm-hmm. I think this is going to be another thing where I don't know what I've seen him in. <gasps> he was in Strange World. That makes me so happy. I love that film so much. Not enough people talked about it. Don't get mm-hmm. me started. Prisoners. One of the best films. Period. Never even heard of it. Again, not surprising. No, no, it's really not. I, I now I'm doing my typical like look through to see what I've seen. Oh, he was in Sands of Oh, he was in Prince of Persia, Sands of Time. I've he seen was him in the that. prince. Was he really? Don't remember that, but the, the, you know, I have seen that <laughs> the film. If you look up a poster of that film, you'll be like, "Oh yeah, that's very well, clearly Jake Gyllenhaal." Well, you know, that, I think that's the only thing that I've seen him in. Yeah, fair. Uh, yeah, I'm not seeing anything else here, but obviously, yeah. I've, I, he's a very popular celebrity, so I've seen him around. Mm-hmm. Anyways, back to Spider Man. We did we did our usual what has Brianna watched? Um, which is again the answer is still nothing. Mm-hmm. Maybe one of these times I'll be like, Oh yeah, they're from this and this and that. I'll just know. It's probably gonna be a random one off character. <laughs> um while we're talking about Mysterio, I will say I'm really proud of them for not doing a throwaway villain for this film. Making the villain cool, making it matter, making it like kind of wrap into Peter Parker's story. They did a good job not just throwing away another villain. Mm-hmm. Except for the fact that they kill him at the end, which is a problem that Marvel has over and over again. Um, yeah, but I think that they had like a good story arc with him, you know? Sure, sure. But Mysterio inherently is such an interesting character not saying that other villains haven't been interesting characters like why did they kill off killmonger you know like it made sense narratively and like very poignant and he had a good monologue before he died but one you're getting rid of michael b jordan um two you're getting rid of michael b jordan um and three he could have easily been like the primary antagonist of multiple Black Panther films. Or um, he could have been a really good anti-hero. Exactly. You, precisely. Like if you, if you kill off the villain in the film that they're introduced, you give no potential at all for any kind of character growth or development, um, which realistically is kind of why we're here in the first place with these films to, to, get more story and see these characters develop and it's it's disappointing that more often than not the villains are more interesting than the heroes and they choose to kill off the villains in the films that they're introduced but alas yeah. i would say that like uh currently and for the past couple of years in books like anti-heroes have been incredibly popular i think for that reason because like a lot of the times the he- heroes are so like they're they're they can be very flat characters, even if it's not literally a hero, but like heroes as in like 
fantasy heroes or heroes as in superheroes like they can be very flat characters because all they care about is like i just have to save the day and like forget everything else and like they, they end up being like very two-dimensional characters but like a mm-hmm. lot of the times villains and especially villains that kind of have their own like set of morals their own rules for themselves stuff like that that can be like incredibly interesting storytelling um i literally like i, I was talking about this on no limits i just read a i just read a book like a huge book um series um that was like the main character was a serial killer and like she's killing a bunch of evil people so is she evil or like so it's like because there's like stuff going on it's like kind of creates more conversation so Mm -hmm. i think marvel thus far from what i've seen could stand to use a little bit more of that yeah so except i do love spider-man leave that alone no i will say like there was a prime moment to mention Hobie. They were in London. I know that there's this again like Spider Verse, but like, couldn't couldn't we just get like a small reference? <laughs> no, that that's not how these things work. Please, I just no. I love Spider Verse so much. I'm wearing my Spider Verse shirt right now from the the concert tour. It was so good. Um, okay, let's see. What else do we want to talk about? Okay, so we have this whole thing where Fury gives Parker uh, Stark's glasses with Edith. Mm-hmm. Um, excellent acronym. Excellent acronym. Not only is Edith Perfect a for real Tony. name, but like it's so Tony Stark. Yeah. Even dead. I'm the hero. I'm the hero. Yeah, that actually almost made me cry too. I was like, oh my god, it's so true. Oh, anyways. Uh, <laughs> um, I really okay, him like handing him getting the glasses and the way that he kind of handles it, I do I do really truly think that like his whole logic of like, well, maybe he wants me to pass it on to somebody else. Like, I do think that that does track. Like, like he's like tony would think of stuff like this like you know i think his logic tracks i don't think that it was the right decision but i do think that like i really enjoyed like watching him kind of come to that decision and the way Mm. that he like thinks things through i do also think that he was a little which again he's very young like like the way that like people act around him like you need to do this you need to like him saying like i'm just a 16 year old kid like he's literally just a kid yeah like and he's like has a lot of responsibility which i know is like the whole spider-man thing but still like that's young and um i think like him he was very quick to get rid of it because he does just want to be a kid like he really does just want to be a kid and like being able to push the responsibility onto somebody else i think is like was kind of like the easy answer for him but mm-hmm. also does kind of track with like, well, Tony would know what I would think and this would be fine. And I loved that whole like storyline. Yeah. Anything yeah. to say about Edith besides the best acronym ever? I have stuff to say, but I'm going to save it till later. Okay. How did you feel about the acronym BARF? 
again perfectly tony stark yeah um and like we, we technically aren't there yet but because you brought it up i might as well say it i think again this is a perfect perfect way of doing retroactive connectivity to suggest that in that speech that he gave that tony gave in civil war to have retroactively quentin present and for it to be essentially his idea for tony to sort of commandeer it make a joke out of it and then for him to become vindictive and that's the whole reason for all of this really is so good like it's it's realistically a minor detail in the film like it doesn't really affect anything but the fact that it's there just makes it that much better and not that i've ever like consciously done this but whenever i've then rewatched civil war as i do often because it's my favorite um of the films um it is nice to not necessarily again in the moment but to think canonically somewhere just behind the curtain quentin's going like what did he just call my thing you know <laughs> um that, that's that stuff is fun to me that's that's what i'm here for i like that stuff um and again like again we're not there but still when the when the twist happens completely inconsequential but the fact that they got the actor that played the dude that jeff bridges shouted at in the first iron man film they brought him back as a callback to be one of quentin's mates that's running the thing with him like that's so stupid but it's so like it's so good it, th mm -hmm. that is that is the really rewarding stuff i cannot the amount of laughing that was going on in the in the cinema when i was watching this release day you know cuz the it, release day is typically all the fans and stuff when that happened when it cut back to jeff bridges doing the he built this in a cave with a bunch of scraps it was like stunned laughter you know where we're like mm -hmm. i cannot believe we that like they actually did that um for such a throwaway character but they 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 did the thing um again perfect perfect example another character that would logically have a gripe with tony stark so it makes sense that he's there he doesn't he didn't need to be by any metric but he is and that, it just makes it that yeah. much better yeah absolutely yeah. it's good i really do enjoy that mm-hmm um okay cool what else do we want to touch on here mm -mm -mm. Ooh, it does talk about here beck's uh story like his backstory being from an alternate reality in the multiverse where the elementals killed his family destroyed his civilization and he had to leave that earth um so interesting that we then find out later that that like he is lying but the way that he talks about the multiverse is like the canonical information, right? Like where he's like, oh, I'm from, I can't even remember what, I think he says 813 or whatever. Hmm. Like that's like, like that's how they number the spider verses. Like, yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, and I do think that's a, a broken a broken clock is right twice a day, right? Yeah, but I think it's interesting that he is that broken clock that was right. Yeah. And yeah. I did, I did love that line of like, don't apologize for being the smartest one in the room. Mm -hmm. Because I do think that happens a lot where people try to like shame somebody and to be like, oh, you're smarter than me. So I'm going to make you feel bad. I think that unfortunately happens a lot. Well, and also realistically, it, it's probably the only time in the film where Quentin is actually being authentic because he was clearly the smartest person in the room at some point and got walked all over. You know, that's the whole reason he's got a, a gripe. Mm -hmm. he, he, he's a very smart man who got, um, in his mind, betrayed. So, like, him telling Peter, like you say, to never apologize for being the smartest person in the room. I think there's there's a read on that where you could be like, he's smugly saying it because he believes that he's the smartest person in the room because he's fooling everyone. But I also think that even if that is true, it it's also sincerity in that regard, mm -hmm. which is a nice little character moment. Yeah, I like that. Um, okay, what else do we have? Okay, so then they kind of set up like the the rest of the like plot where it's like, hey, we have the fire elemental left to destroy. The fire elemental is the one that destroyed my earth, so this is like the big bad. So we gotta we gotta take this seriously. And then um, Parker's like, hey, I can't go to Prague. That's crazy. I'm on a class trip and I want to stay on my class trip. And then they like rearrange the entire itinerary. <laughs> ah. Oh my God, you guys. Okay. I know this is a tangent, but I have to tell you because I think, Sam, I think you'll, I actually, I think other people will think this is funny too. I had a really dumb moment i don't even know if it's like a dumb american moment or if i would be this dumb even if i wasn't american um i didn't realize that scotland <laughs> england were like touching <laughs> so i was like looking and i was like oh you could take a train from london to edinburgh or edinburgh or whatever and i was like oh. did you just say edinburgh <laughs> i said edinburgh or edinburgh or whatever okay okay just thought i'd check Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know Edinburgh. you could take a train. Yeah. Yes. You can. <laughs> you can take so, a take a take a train to Wales as well. Yeah, I didn't know that until you just said that too. <laughs> Wales is, is attached to England as well. Okay, how much is attached, you guys? <laughs> Like, Ireland's not attached. I know no. that. No, it was only because I wanted to live in Ireland for a long time. But yeah, the the, the whole the whole thing isn't isn't England. You know, it's Scotland at the top, then England, and then Wales, and then Northern Ireland and Ireland. Hmm. Weird. <laughs> I didn't know. Okay. God, it's it's so strange that Canada is attached to America, you know? I mean, to be fair, I didn't know. Like, literally, like, a couple years ago, realized that Idaho touches Canada. 
I mean, I wouldn't have known that because yeah, I, I have no idea of. Also, well, outside Utah, of outside of both coasts, I like the middle of America is oh, just yeah, it's just a mess. nebulous to me. Oh yeah, no, I agree, I agree. But I lived for twenty four years of my life in Utah, and the state directly above Utah is Idaho. So like, I was like, I was there, and I like didn't realize I was like, oh, like. <laughs> Canada's like right there. So I should have known is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. The moment I realized I was like, oh, you could take a train to Scotland. I was like, oh my God, I'm so stupid. <laughs> so speaking of traveling around Europe. <laughs> uh... Yeah, but then like the, technically that, that that doesn't even have to be correct like w w i can take a train to paris if i want yeah but that's like england a and... weird train yeah i mean it's underground but... have you taken that train i'm scared of that train no. i don't think i could no well i mean it's not just pushing through water i know i know that actually i think i'd be less scared if it was what because like it's under the water, like it could like what if it like something happens? I'm scared. <laughs> this is a, I, a very strange tangent. Yeah, it is. It is. I don't actually have that much desire to go to France either. So that's right. Neither here nor there. Um, okay. Well, that was a tangent because he was talking about going traveling around Europe, and I was like trying to because I think I'm going to go on a trip to Europe here shortly, and I was mm -hmm. like looking at trains and i was like oh my god there's a train <laughs> mm -hmm. so yeah the more you know you guys <laughs> anyways so they have to go to prague so they like rearrange the trip so that way he can go to prague which i do like like i kind of agree with him like in hindsight of like hey this is really messed up because now my friends are here like and now they're in danger mm -hmm. that's messed up yeah. I did like the way that he used Edith, though, where he's like, hey, can you help me find something to do to keep them inside and away from danger? Mm-hmm. I don't know if the opera was the right answer, but it was a funny answer. Yeah. Have you been to Prague? No. Dang. Have you been anywhere? Mm. I'm, just kidding. I'm just kidding. I know you travel a lot. Don't kill me. I've <laughs> been to Scotland on a train um how was the train was it so fun i love trains i mean it, 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 was, it was a train you know i wouldn't i wouldn't describe a train as fun necessarily it's just i would train actually i've only really been on well so i've been on kind of a train in utah didn't love that but i have been on trains in japan and that was a great time okay so i'm just assuming that in the uk trains are great as well yeah, they're pulled by horses, um, of course. Uh, of course. Yeah. Are these the same horses you used to go horseback riding for your pizza Don't ingredients? Be stupid. Of course they're not. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys. Um. Anyways, so we have um 
an interesting dilemma here where it's like, hey, we're going to help you. So that way you're here. All of the obstacles that you've told us, like, have now been eliminated. But now your friends are in danger. So now you have to help. Mm -hmm. um, and it has to be Night Monkey. <laughs> Night Monkey. So dumb. Um, so, yeah. Uh, 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 is there anything you want to kind of say about like that section before the fight? No, not really. Not even the little train ride where he almost get almost murders <laughs> his love rifle. Um, actually, he almost murders his entire class because of the way that he handles it. But still, yeah, no, not 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 particularly. Sort of. A fun little scene, but nothing really of of consequence necessarily. Okay. I do also like the moment where the rival dude comes into the little area and he's like getting undressed. He's like, it's not what you think. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that would be incredibly Again, awkward. Exactly what teenage boys would do, probably, if they were both vying for the same girl. It would sort of <laughs> make sense to do something I like agree. that. I agree. But, like, also him saying it flat out, like, hey, I'm also interested in her, so you know I have to show her. I don't think that anybody would say that. <laughs> I think that he would say, oh, I won't show anyone, and then go up behind their back and, say, and show them anyways. Mm, I don't know. I think you're under, underestimating Is that how teenage boys. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Not deceptive enough. Um, okay. Well, uh, we then have the elemental fight. So Parker has like this whole thing where he like, he has to get set up for the fight. And then he like, makes some plans with them, goes to the opera, has a really cute moment with MJ where she's like, will you sit next to me? Like we can share glasses and, or like the little, like whatever opera glasses. And it was such a cute moment. And she, her dress is so cute. <laughs> Loved her outfit. Um, and yeah, he ends up going to the fight. She ends up following. And then, of course, Ned and his girlfriend end up following mm -hmm. uh, as well and go to the party. I was unclear if the party was real or not. Was the party you, an illusion or was the party real? You mean the festival? Yeah. Yeah, that was real. That's that's okay. the thing that happens in Prague, yeah. Okay. No, no, no. I'm not saying that like that doesn't happen. I'm saying that one in particular. Like those people were real. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Just making sure. Um okay, so we have this fight which I feel like I didn't love the choreography of this fight. Um, I feel like there were a couple of awkward moments where, like, Spider-Man is just kind of, like, running around and, like, flipping a couple times. And I was like, all right, can we get to what's happening here? Um, didn't love the choreography of this fight, but that's just, like, a small nitpick. Uh, but, yeah. I think it's really interesting that he didn't see MJ during the fight, because I thought he would. Um, but he doesn't see her, and then she ends up picking up the little gauntlet thingy yeah well i mean i think i think it's it's a, a very it's an intentionally awkward fight 
um you know obviously peter doesn't know that none of it's real um but there's a very subtle moment where you see you know him shoot out a web and it sort of gets caught on nothing and he gets confused but nothing's really made of it you know they, they, it's not really called out in the moment the fight just carries on um i agree he gets very flippy but then i guess it's sort of when he thinks that there's fire being thrown at him and massive jets of burning stuff the the, the part where i i it's suspension of disbelief obviously but you would have thought that peter would have been able to tell that there wasn't actually any heat near him um unless of course the drones are capable of producing well they heat. there was real fire right so they were using fire somewhat but i don't yeah. think that enough that it would it, be that's like... that's what i mean where like there's this massive molten thing right next to me i don't know that they would have been capable of replicating that but anyway like in the moment i can understand him being a little out of his depth um but yeah like it, it's it's very performative you know mysterio does the big like super saiyan charge up sacrificing himself thing because he wants to put on a show above all else um yeah no it's uh nice I, I like the way that they set up how quentin gets found out i think that it was very subtle um and like you say mj picking it up and then them finding out later on but quentin then realizes that one of the drones is missing a thing and that's how he realizes that peter is probably onto him you know so good 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 writing in my opinion mm -hmm. absolutely i would definitely agree um okay so then we have uh that whole scene where he's like hey i think that the right answer would be that like stark wants you to have this or whatever like i don't think he would have wanted him to have it he would have wanted peter parker to have it but i think him saying like i think that this is the right decision because i'm the one that has edith um i loved that moment um I really, I really thought that they connected. I understand that it was like for fakesies um, from Beck, but I did really enjoy that moment. Uh, and then, especially the moment after, where like everything starts to dissolve, and you're like, "Oh, that's like such like a shocked Pikachu face moment." I mean, it is, but it only works if you don't know Mysterio Stick, right? Like, because if you know Mysterio Stick. What, I think it works even, and I do. <laughs> like I I I don't see how once that scene starts, even if like the film is trying to suggest to you that Mysterio might be legit despite what you know from the comics or from other iterations or whatever, but this version might actually be legit. As soon as the scene starts where Peter is trying to give him the glasses and Quentin just sort of accepts it he's sort of like no 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 i'll, I'll go on then it's sort of uh, immediately i was like oh yeah this whole thing is fake you know mm. see i think this may be a case of you just having too much knowledge because i like although i do know mysterio and i knew that like something was coming i thought that they were going to do it in a different way 
Um, personally, I thought that like, cause obviously I didn't know the elementals weren't real. Um, mm -hmm. I thought that the, like him, like kind of doing that, like sacrificial moment in the elemental would be like, kind of like he used too much power and that's, what's going to make him crazy. Like I like assuming that his power was real and stuff like that. Right. Um, so that's what I thought was happening. So this was a shocking moment for me. Yeah. So I think it worked, but. It, I mean, it definitely, it definitely works as a, as a moment. The, the sort of grin that he gets on his face and saying, you know, well, that was easy. Um, it, it is a great moment with everybody cheering around him. I, someone get honestly, this stupid suit off of me, that stuff. Yeah. Loved all of that. Genuinely, at that point, as soon as that switched, I was like, are these people even real? Or is he just making up friends because he has nobody? <laughs> mm. I immediately was like, what is real? So I thought that that was cool. Um, mm -mm -mm. So then they like kind of provide their, their evil villain plans of like, we're going to use Edith's drones to make large scale illusions. And then he wants to be an Avenger hero, which mm -hmm. I don't know what his plan was. If like something big, bad does come. Like, let's say that, like, hey, you're the Avenger now. Like, now we need an Avenger. Like, what's your plan? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that that goes to show the fallacies in his thinking, you know. He, he's not considering what it actually means to be a hero. Um, like, he, he's not even considering the the thought that what he is doing to become a hero in fact is actually making him more and more of a villain you know he's just that delusional um but like you could argue that technically the drones still are capable of like firing bullets and stuff so he with how theatrical and how like narrative driven he is you could, I could very easily envision a future for him where he's like constructing a narrative that something happens to him and he's depowered, but he happens to come across this wealth of technology that he can then use to help everyone. And then the drones aren't a hidden thing anymore, they're just overtly there. Um, and he's controlling them, you know, like I think that that's viable, I guess, but regardless. His his entire thought process is is completely flawed. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah. Um. So then we have the last. So we have a little section here where MJ and Parker, um, talk. She's like, "Hey, I know you're Spider Man," which is not what he was going to say. He's like, "I have to tell you something," and he was going to confess. And she's like, "Oh, you're Spider Man," and he's like, "No." Um, I did actually really like this reveal. Um, I like that she guessed it. I like that she was like, oh, I just know. Even though she later was like, I was only like 60% sure, whatever she said. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I loved it. Um, so they have a, the little conversation and then they kind of figure out, hey, this whole thing was fake. And uh, yeah, now I have to go save the world. Yeah. Any thoughts on this little slice here? Um, yeah, just like a believable character moment. MJ has been set up as an intelligent woman um, and sort of very observant. Very quirky. I love her. Um, and it makes sense that you would likely have a suspicion 
that oh all of these scenarios i've been in over the past film and a half conveniently peter seems to disappear and then suddenly spider-man shows up and like it's not commented on in the film but like you would think that if she is observant as she's supposed to be she would be like huh they're they're about the same height from what i could gauge and similar build i suppose and if i don't know you know if she had heard spider-man speak she would you know it's like it, it's one of it's a frustrating thing when characters don't seem to notice the obvious in films mm -hmm. so it's it's nice that the, the the precedent that they've set with MJ of her being intelligent is followed through on here. Yeah, intelligent, and she was also watching him because she has a crush. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Can we combine those two things? Real great. Um. Okay. So then we have the whole thing where he goes to Berlin to warn Fury, but then there's another illusion, and then he gets hit by a train. Yes. It's not funny that he's hit by a train because it's like actually kind of scary, but like the abruptness of the moment was like kind of like shocks shocked like a laugh out of me. I was like, oh my god. Hmm. Um very ASDF movie, if you guys have seen that. That is a weird pull, but yeah. Yeah, the kid that's like I like trains. Yeah. <laughs> that's what happened. I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> I will say, you saying about being sort of fooled by Mysterio, this was actually the, the one time that I did get caught out because, mm -hmm. like, w I mean, we kind of glossed over it in this description, but this visual effects sequence where he's, where Quentin is toying with Peter is, like, some of the best visual imagery we've had um, in the MCU thus far. Yeah. Absolutely. really really smart use of like warping environments and um one thing leading into another the idea of you know the snow globe being the helmet like that is a, a very iconic replicated in spider-man 2 the game mm -hmm. um it's a very iconic thing of spider-man being trapped inside mysterio's fishbowl helmet um so to see that replicated and the whole thing of like um, you know, Tony would have been disappointed in you, and then like a skeletal Iron Man breaks out of a grave. Like it's just really, really good stuff. Um, that I wouldn't have necessarily expected to see. I certainly didn't expect them to go as hard as they did. Um, probably my favorite sequence in in the film. Um, but yeah, for then for that to be interrupted with Quentin Quentin being shot and all of these cars turning up and fury and asking about you know who else knows um and peter giving the names up and then for the reveal to be that it is actually still quentin i was like oh okay no you got me there fair play mm -hmm. um i didn't i didn't pick up on that at all it didn't even cross my mind uh because of how they staged it so well done they got me Mm-hmm. That was some good good deception there. Mm -hmm. Um, okay. I did like that um sequence. Uh so then uh Peter Parker takes a train, not intentionally, 
the the train takes him really. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, to, what was it? Netherlands. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, loved that. Like, I thought that moment was really funny in the jail, where he's like, <laughs> "Are they like, oh, we thought you looked cold, so we got you a t-shirt." <laughs> People in the Netherlands are very friendly. Even. Yeah. And it's true. Yeah, like that. It, if there is one thing that is widely known about people in the Netherlands, it is that they are obscenely friendly. Mm. On the whole, that. of course. Some some rotten apples, I'm sure. As I'm anywhere, sure. But yeah, love that for them. Okay, I did like that that like uh, flower field as well. It was very pretty. Mm -hmm. Um. So they have like that whole thing and then Happy comes to save him, which I thought was so cute. So cute. He's like, are you okay? And then he like hugs him and he's like, no, I'm not okay. Uh, so cute. He's just a kid, yeah. guys. He's just a baby. The one and thing I will say is that this is like where, I think we talked about this when we were talking about Homecoming and maybe other films where Spider-Man showed up. It's, it's nice because Tony and Peter have the connection. Mm -hmm. But like this film, particularly around the time that it came out and obviously not knowing what would follow, the main critique of MCU Spider-Man is that he is essentially Iron Man Jr. And that's really not what mm -hmm. Spider-Man should be. Mm -hmm. um, and like, you know, with him... Peter should be making his own suits, you know, making his own tech. And like he, he made his own web shooters and web fluid and stuff. And that that's cool. Um, but for him to immediately get the suit upgrade in Civil War from Tony, it's not even something that he himself did. And then, you know, to get the iron spider armor in, in uh, Infinity War and Endgame with all the legs. I'm glad that they didn't bring that back for this, that they sort of toned it down a little bit but for him to you know use all of tony's stuff again narratively makes sense emotionally makes sense falling off of endgame but it was like peter really shouldn't be this techie you know um i think that's that's the one thing that that rubs me the wrong way with this film that again he's just using tony's stuff to make another suit um, which isn't really what Spider-Man is all about. But again, I can't complain that much because <clears throat> within the context of, of what the film is setting up and his connection to Tony, it makes perfect sense. I actually really like it. I have no complaints about it. Spider-Man doesn't have to be the same in all the ways. We'll agree to disagree. And... It's good to ask for help when you need help. Sure. Sure. But put it this way. Peter seems relatively incompetent without the tech that Tony has provided. Which is not great. If he didn't have the upgraded um... suit. And then if he didn't have the tech to make this new suit, he'd be a little bit screwed. So. Hmm. Maybe. But I don't think that, like, with the story that they've set up, that, like, 
Tony Stark would leave him stranded like that. Oh, no. Again, like I said, narratively and contextually, it makes perfect sense. But I think that it doesn't align with what Spider-Man really is all about as a character. Hmm. Peter Parker is an everyman, you know. Um, he, he isn't the tech billionaire. He is a genius, but he does not have the finances or the support or the resources. He is the guy that can't pay rent on time. You know, because he's out saving people. He is the guy that is bumbling and trying to make a, a job out of being a photographer at the, at the Daily Bugle and taking criticism from J. Jonah Jameson. You know, that that's what Peter Parker is um, historically. And I think that, yes, different interpretations are allowed, but I think that when you are essentially shoveling most of what peter parker in this iteration is as a character underneath tony stark's shadow and trying to make him a pseudo replacement in some form which again is what the whole narrative theme of this film is about is will he fill tony's shoes or not i i think that th there's some choices made that i i can't fully get behind mm, okay well like you said agree to disagree um actually while we're talking about because i know that we actually no no oh wait never mind never mind never mind um okay so then we have like the whole fight scene which is a lot of really cool moments uh where like he's like i have to get into the illusion and then he gets in the illusion and it's actually really cool <laughs> mm -hmm. it's actually really cool looking and he like starts messing with the drones um has this whole fight with like a bunch of drones Happy is with the other, like with his friends and um, running around. Okay. I I did I did think it was silly where he's like, we have to get to the vault with the crown jewels or whatever. I was like, all right, sure. <laughs> um, I mean, that, that, that's a real thing, though. Yeah, I know. But like also, like, how, wouldn't it be more guarded than that? I mean, when a giant supposedly according to the public real threat is attacking tower bridge i wouldn't necessarily put it past the guards to, to maybe to maybe run hmm. or i mean like you you saw royal guardsmen like opening fire on the yeah. elemental so i don't think they would have necessarily gone far but i can understand them not being like at the doors to the vault you know yeah yeah for sure um okay uh da, 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 what else okay so then we have a like like going back to peter parker he's like fighting with the drones and then eventually he like smashes through like this bridge thing that mm -hmm. beck is standing in and then he starts to fight him he's like he does like a whole illusion tunnel thing. Oh, I loved this moment. This moment was brilliant where he's like, oh, I have to trust like his spidey senses, which they Peter call Jingle. the Peter Jingle. And I was, <laughs> I was with him where he's like, can we stop calling it that? I was like, can we stop calling it that? <laughs> Makes me uncomfy. Um, yeah. I, I just, just a comment as well. Like I, I, again, relating back to the other illusion sequence, I love how, they're sort of like doing a Western standoff, essentially, 
-hmm. and Beck just puts the illusion up and it's just a fully black corridor that just rushes towards Peter and there's the green smoke that sort of flows along very quickly behind it. Mm-hmm. And like the, the noise cuts out as well, you know? Yep. Because just goes, it it's like, oh, that's perfect visual and audio design. Yeah. Uh, and him being in his element where he's like, he's like, I just gotta trust myself, closes his eyes and he's like fighting and he like knows where everything is. He starts flipping oh. and just the drones come out of nowhere and get ripped apart. Yeah. Great. Great. You stuff. know what would be so funny though is seeing it from like the other end and like nothing, like if there was like, like nothing was happening and he's just like flipping over nothing. <laughs> That would be really funny. I know Spider Man's having happens, a seizure but... up there. <laughs> uh, that would be funny though. Um, yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah. I think that like he then he actually like fights back, but then it's like not back. But he knows it's not really back. Just another deception uh, from Mysterio, and yeah, then he dies. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, Peter does get control of Edith again, and that's kind of the end of the film. No, he does not. I am... This is something I have said for years, ever since this film came out, and nobody talks about it, and it infuriates me, but it is so blindingly obvious if you pay attention. And this isn't suggesting anything, like, to be 100% transparent with you, we have not seen Quentin Beck since this point. Yes. Right. I wholeheartedly believe that one, Quentin Beck is not dead, and two, that Peter does not have control of Edith. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Because if you consider the film makes it abundantly clear when Peter gives the glasses to Edith that there has to be a vocal passing of the torch. He Peter has to tell Edith that Quentin is going to take the glasses and he has to confirm it. Yeah, but he is the owner of the glasses. Yeah, but... So wouldn't wouldn't Tony Stark set him up as like, you're the default user and he's just adding a user? I I don't think so. Hmm. I don't think so. I I can definitely see what you're talking about happening, but I don't know if I agree. It, I, I don't see Tony setting up access to his tech and a massive drone army and having it be a case where there can be like multiple users at a time. You know? mm, I don't see him setting it up so that way Spider-Man can't take it back if he messed up. I don't know. I don't know. I think that that is the consequence that Peter was too trusting and too haphazard. That's the, the sort of the whole sentiment. The, and, and put it this way, even if your your argument does hold merit, like, which it does, the whole thing about Mysterio is that he is actively deceiving people. There's right? deceptions within deceptions. But wouldn't he be able to tell so, with his spidey senses? With his again, tingle? Again, maybe... But Peter actively asks Edith if there are any more illusions going, and that he's if he's dead, right? Yeah, but I think that's like in confirmation, not in like I need to know kind of thing. Sure, but P- 
Peter does need to know. That's why he asks, because he mm. isn't sure. I don't agree with you, but that's okay. That's okay. Be because if, if put it this way. I think you're Beck, just on copium right now. <laughs> Beck, before he died, mm -hmm. had a version of him dying on the floor and then was completely invisible, right, as his mm -hmm. true self before he got caught by, by Pierre. Who's to say that that one isn't also an illusion and that Beck, with his support and all of his help, could very easily have programmed Edith to go along with whatever Peter was saying. Like, I... I as, as, as fallible as, as Beck is, and as in over his head as he is, he's very clearly a very smart man. Mm -hmm. So... I, I still I, like uh, the, uh, the crux of it is that I just can't get over the fact that there was no vocal passing of control back over because or, and again your point holds weight but you have to assume that that Peter could still regain control just by putting glasses on and speaking right but then but you also my argument would be as well. my argument would be why does there have to be a vocal transfer of power if Peter can take it back whenever he wants. Like because he's giving permission to somebody else. So if you're imagining like like let's say users on a computer, right? Like the main user has to create the guest profiles, right? Like I mean sure. Or even like a Netflix account, right? The main account has to create the guest profiles. I think we're kind of comparing apples to oranges in that in that <laughs> specific scenario there. Um, like, I, all I'm going off of is the fact that one Mysterio is all about illusions and deceiving people, and mm -hmm. he has everything to gain by framing Peter as a villain that killed him, get a message out that warps the narrative, and disappear, supposedly, right? Yeah. So that he could either return as, as a full-blown villain or he comes back and he's like, you know, I'm here to save the day again. He tells the, the person who was running all the drones for him to, to take the data, um, you know, mm -hmm. so there's still, there must be a plan of some kind that is in place. Mm -hmm. So he has everything to gain from that. And also I'm going off of the fact that the film inherently tells us in one of the earlier scenes a critical error on peter's part is vocally giving control of edith and having to confirm it to beck so like again there are assumptions either way but i think that there is evidence enough and and enough to speculate yeah. on that suggests that everything as in other parts of the film might not be as it seems with Beck yeah. dying. I'm I I don't think you're wrong and I definitely think that there's like a possibility that you could 100% be right. Like I think that all of your logic tracks. I just don't think that that's the case. We'll see. It yeah. this it will be one of the most validating things I've ever experienced if at some point they're like Jake Gyllenhaal's in the next Spider-Man film. I'm like, "Well, here we go, boys. I told you, you. Think... I've been saying it for 
is. You don't think that they would hide that, like, as long as possible? I mean, yeah, but, like, you know what I mean? Like, whether it was leaked or a set photo, something would happen where the news would get out. I, I guarantee it. How funny would that, that happened? Like, where it's like, oh, we saw him, like, filming for Spider-Man, and then it was just, like, a flashback. I mean, the totally possible that that sort of thing has happened i also think it would be very interesting um we'll talk about it when we get to one of the films later down the line but there were like set photos and stuff of specific people or specific costumes and the internet was ablaze and we're like well these people are in the film and even though those things were there um the studio was like actively denying it and having the people in interviews being like yeah like legit we're not in the film and they were but like despite all of the evidence saying that they weren't so that there was a shred of doubt of like well maybe the photos are edited you know and i think that if they were to ever bring mysterio back that would be another perfect ploy very yeah. fitting with the character as well yeah to be like you may have got a set photo but that's very Quentin Beck, you know. I like that that kind of almost meta game that's going on if mm -hmm. he ever does come back. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, okay. Uh, do you have anything else you want to say about the actual film before we get to like the post credit stuff? I think so. Okay, so we have two post credit scenes. Um, the first one, well, I guess one is mid credits and one's post credits. So the mid credits is uh, J. Jonah Jameson um of the daily bugle um mm -hmm. broadcasts some doctored footage from the london incident where beck frames spider-man for the drone attack like you were saying um and his death before literally telling the world who he is like his name his photo and like his shock in that moment was so funny but like also how are they going to handle that like i I don't know enough about Spider-Man, but from my very, very, very little knowledge, I, I have not seen this story kind of this kind of storyline happen where people literally know who Spider-Man is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it's happened a few times in the comics, um, with very interesting results. Um, and who knows, uh, the, the 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 next Spider-Man film doesn't even comment on it. It pretends it pretends it never happened. So that's going to be uh, fun when we get to that. I will say the fact that his identity is revealed very Iron Man. Although I, he did say I am Iron Man, but, but it was, I it was Tony's choice. Right. Know. But I do think that th those are parallels, right? To have like, I guess, both. I guess. Yeah. So. Very, very different consequences for Peter potentially. Mm -hmm. Also worth pointing out. He's going out with MJ now. That's very important. Yeah. And Ned's yeah. now single. He is. Back to being a, a, a lonely bachelor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay, so then we have the post-credit scene. Before, before, before. Okay, go ahead. This, contextually, you will have no knowledge of this yet. Okay. Obviously, from from playing the Spider-Man games, you are vaguely aware of J. Jonah Jameson. Yeah, is he the same person every time? What, what do you mean? Like, is it the same actor? Because it sounded like the same voice actor. Or they just do they all just have the same voice? No, I mean, it's just like a, a, a general vibe of the character. Like, the, the voice actor the in angry. the games isn't isn't that 
actor. Interesting. Um, Feels like the same person. I think that well, that's the vibe because he is maybe a little a little hint hint wink wink nudge nudge to future stuff. This isn't the first time that we've seen this version of J. Jonah Jameson in live action before. Oh, interesting. So he was probably in one of the other Spider-Man films. That's my guess. Maybe. Um, and the reason that J. I mean, J. Jonah Jameson obviously has existed in comics far longer than any of the film iterations with a, a distinct visual style. Um, but really the actual like characteristics and persona of the character really got ingrained because of this actor. Ah, uh, okay. So he, I don't, don't know if you know this actor, um, but he is, he's pretty prolific. He's one of my favorite actors, um, JK Simmons. He, if if you ask anybody that knows who jk simmons is who, who jk simmons is if you ask anybody what his most famous role is or his most iconic role it, it's j jonah jameson hmm, interesting oh he's in spider-verse too he is as j jonah jameson mm -hmm. yeah um he's also in chip and jail rescue rangers in case anybody was wondering about that i wasn't um there's a but... tv series called the daily bugle he was in mm -hmm. all right uh he's in ghostbusters afterlife i'm just saying oh he was in infinity train that's a fantastic show if anybody hasn't seen that um he's in the stand invincible he's in <laughs> he's in brooklyn 99 for one episode really good episode yeah have you, have, you, have you watched Invincible? I've seen the very first episode because okay, I yeah. watched the thing with the creator uh, mm -hmm. with Greg Miller interviewing him right. or something like that. Uh, going through here, I really have not seen much of his. Oh, he is in Spongebob Scorpions. Okay. Whiplash, one of my favorite films of all time. <clears throat> no idea what that is. That's disgusting. Um... Yeah, there we go. Okay. Oh, he's in Phineas and Ferb. I've seen him in a... Oh, he's in Korra. I forget he's Tenzin in Korra. That's where I mostly know him from is Tenzin. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, he... Uh, th this was a, a very big deal, um, him coming back. Because um, as far as I'm aware, it's the first time that an actor from a non-MCU film reprise the role in an mcu film yeah if that makes sense so yeah, that somebody that from a, a different marvel iteration of any film has shown up in the mcu not only as a character but as the same character not the same character because obviously it's different universes but you know what i mean yeah i i do really like him um i think that he's a an incredible actor so he is i like this that he's back He's also in Jennifer's yeah. Body, which is a good film. Um, and also, they they made they made him more of like an Infowars person here, which is fun. Mm -hmm. Far more fitting, far more uh, contemporary. Yeah, than, for uh, sure. Than just a, a newspaper editor, you know. 
because that, that's a bit outdated now, isn't it, really? Yeah, I also thought it was very fitting that he really liked Mysterio, who's obviously mm -hmm. the villain. He's like, the real hero, whatever. And I was like, oh, my well, God. Well, as, as we know, J. Jonah Jameson despises Spider-Man for yeah. no real reason. He just doesn't <laughs> like Spider-Man. I know, isn't so. that so great? Yeah. I really did like the like the little Daily Bugle things from the video game where you could just like listen to him complain about Spider-Man. It was pretty funny. Mm -hmm. Um I very much enjoyed that. And I also yeah. enjoyed this as well. Like him being the way that this was revealed was really funny. Mm -hmm. Um yeah, I really like his character, even though he's kind of a hater. I love the idea that he's like he's such a hater that he's a hater of Spider-Man across like all universes, <laughs> like all yeah. the multiverses. He's just like such a hater. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's his only personality trait. <laughs> um, okay, post-credit scene. Um, we have it revealed that Fury and Hill are actually scrolls. <laughs> it's Talos and Soren, and Fury is actually looks like on vacation. I don't know what he's doing. Um, he does say, where's my shoes? <laughs> Which I thought was funny. He's in space. Yeah, he is in space. But like, is he like on vacation in space or is he doing no. important things in space? No, because well, of the fake out makes it look like he's on vacation. Yeah. But he's he's on a on a space station of some kind somewhere doing something. Okay. Yeah, With I thought that was really funny. And it also made a lot of stuff in the film make sense. Because they, 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 they've been acting off. They, yeah. they weren't they weren't quite their usual selves no they weren't and also super funny that like the whole time he was like worried about being deceived by mysterio in fact he was just everybody was like fake mm -hmm. <laughs> can you imagine yeah. if they were like hey we're actually scrolls sorry about that <laughs> and First their off, whole <laughs> what's a scroll <laughs> also <laughs> how dare you yeah the fact that he was also like the fact, like the okay, the scrolls being like it's embarrassing that we didn't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was really funny. I really, really enjoyed that. I feel like some people were probably salt. I don't know if this is true, but I feel like some people were probably salty about that moment where they were like, "Oh, that's so stupid that they added that to the post credits." I thought it was hilarious. I loved it. Um, no, no, there wasn't any backlash or anything. Um, some people said that like it felt a little out of place, but I I don't agree with that because I think that there are subtle seeds, but seeds nonetheless planted throughout the film that show that both Fury and Hill are acting a little out of character. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so and also like I just particularly like Ben Mendelsohn is just such a personable actor. Um, I love his accent. I love his, the vibe that he gives off. You know, it, it's like, because it's Australian and he's got all of the prosthetics on. Mm -hmm. The way that he plays the character is just, he's so like nonchalant about stuff. Mm -hmm. He's like, oh, well, you know, this this happened and we really need you to come back nick and all that stuff it's just i don't know it, it really works for me um because it, it seems it's so strange seeing an alien not only an alien but like an alien the leader of an alien race just be so 
completely laissez-faire about stuff that it, mm-hmm. it's funny to me it's great i love it i i really enjoyed this so interested to see what nick fury is actually doing mm. but that's for another time um yeah. i do think that we are officially done with phase two right that's the last one phase three phase three excuse me phase three yes we're done indeed Finish. we are congrats on to phase four we did it you guys can you believe it the biggest phase yet is ahead of us um okay for this um actually two things one ranking and two what's next so what's what's your ranking mm-hmm. ranking um that is a good question I have your list uh, up here if you need. I should have my list. I have my list. Um, so let's see. I if if my list is correct and up to date, I don't know whether you have them numbered. Um, I do keep for your, ease. Mm-hmm, I do. So looking nine should be Ragnarok. Yep. Ten should be Avengers. Eleven Homecoming. Twelve mm-hmm. Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Yeah. Um, I am going to put Far From Home. This is may sound sacrilegious. I'm putting it at number 12. Okay, so above Guardians, below Homecoming. Yes. Um, Interesting. I think okay. that there is an argument that I can make to put Guardians above this, um, but I, I just vastly prefer Guardians 2 anyway. And I think that Whilst I adore Mysterio, I think he's executed very well here. Um, and l- a lot of individual moments are either heartfelt or funny or visually really, really compelling. I kind of like the the lower stakes, more grounded vibe of Homecoming. And I think that what they did with Vulture in that film as a, as a villain and Michael Keaton's performance just, I think speaks to me a little bit a little bit more that's why okay. with a neck and neck okay cool well um do you have any guesses top five top 10 top 15 what do you think mine is mm. i would i would have said top 10 i f- have a have a sneaky suspicion it's going to be similar to me and just miss out top 10 I could be wrong, um, but I think like probably probably quite similar to me number wise. Actually, I would say somewhere between ten and fifteen. Okay. Um, so two things happened when I went to put this in my list. Uh, well, I guess technically only one thing. So this film actually made me reconsider a section of my list that Mm. I've kind of been having issues with for a while. I just haven't reordered it yet because I was trying to feel things out. So I actually ended up reordering my list just a tiny bit. I switched the spot of two films and then I slipped this one in between those two. Okay. So the two that I flipped was Doctor Strange and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. I had Volume 2 below Doctor Strange And after reflection, I think I like volume two a little bit more than Doctor Strange because of the emotional beats. Mm -hmm. Then I slipped Far From Home under volume two and above Doctor Strange. So it's currently sitting at my number five spot. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Okay. 
Cool. I know. I don't know if I'm breaking rules by switching my list around, but yeah, I make my own rules. I think, so. I think reflection is perfectly fine. I mean, mine mine is, is pretty solid because I've, as you can imagine, done a list like this plenty of times in the past. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I, my feelings are, are relatively set in stone. They're, they're not, I'm open to things changing, but I doubt they will. But uh, yeah, no, feel free as, as we're going on this journey to uh, reflect and, and update as okay. you see fit. Thanks. Um, okay, what are we watching next, wise one? Oh, yes, wise one. Well, Brie, we are in mm -hmm. fact, now that we are... Now that we're mad. Burgeon burgeoning into to phase four, a new frontier we will be tackling the very first Disney Plus show. Ooh, okay. Um, we will be having to watch WandaVision. That's the first one? That's that. the first one. Okay, interesting. Yeah. We, right, had a, we, had a, we had a break, 2019. We had Infinity, uh, Endgame, and we had Far From Home. And then there was a, a, few, a couple of years hiatus. And uh, WandaVision was the very first thing back. Okay. Interesting um, choice, I know, but that's, that's how it worked. All right. Well, you guys, we will figure out how we're going to break this down. I will warn you in, in advance, we may end up watching the whole season by next episode, or it may be half and half over two episodes. I haven't actually sat down and chatted with Sam about how we're breaking down TV shows. So I imagine it it'll... I imagine it will be a case-by-case -case basis. I agree. I think WandaVision is shorter episodes, so I imagine we can probably do that in, in one episode, um, okay. one, one podcast. But the others are more full-length but shorter seasons, so I think that that might warrant splitting up, but we'll see how we do with WandaVision. I think that that will be a good gauge going forward. Okay. Sounds good. We'll check it out it'll be in the like it'll be in the description or the title so you'll it's not like it'll be a surprise but mm -hmm. we'll figure it out and then we'll 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 test the waters see what happens and you'll know you'll know when you know <laughs> yep um okay well thank you guys so much for hanging out with us today special shout out to our current patrons we've got apaka tom fabulous brianna brianna's mom brianna's brother Lindsay, nikolai at night cypher primus brendan myers marcus o'neill Lillian, Mimi J, David Hotright, Dave Harp, the Xbox Expansion Pass, Lee Navarro, and The Good Sir. Sam, where can people find you? Anywhere and everywhere at Sam Heaney, H-A-N-E-Y. You can find me at Fabulous Brianna, F-A-B-U-L-I-S-T-B-R-E-A-N-N-A. And you can find us at Save Game Media at Twitter or Save the Game Media everywhere else. Again, please join the Patreon, even if it's just with a free trial. We'd love to have you. Um... Have a great two weeks and we will see you soon. Peace.